0: The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound. So you hear studio sound on the road. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade, never stop arriving. The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say, we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade, never stop arriving. for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. And we're back, Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Yes, it is I, Stephen Jodder, and welcome, welcome. Joining me, as always, down south in Dallas, Texas, Arman Kafai. Arman, how are we doing? We're doing pretty good, man. I mean, it's a little bit of a blessing going on with school
1: ending and, you know, more time to uh, dedicate to the beautiful game. So we're back. uh, The month of April, um, for lack of a better word, was hell. (laughs) Uh, But, I mean, after, you know, fighting through a 20-page paper on how to predict goals in soccer... Earth 20th page paper on board security, exams, all that good stuff. I'm free, and I'm feeling great. I'm loving it right now. I'm loving it.
0: Well, there you I'm go. Lo- F- follow him at Phi. Jake, are you still stuck in winter? No. Nope, there is no more winter anymore
2: uh, up here. So, we've thought, We thought, although it did snow uh in the northern part of the state, I think a couple days ago. So I think I saw areas around Fargo got about 11 inches of snow. Or no,
0: Duluth, sorry. Duluth got 11 inches of snow a couple days ago. So yeah. yeah, screw that. Follow Jake at Jake Wattroba. He has some hot takes. Yes, follow myself at Stephen Jodron. make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to the podcast. Follow us at Unc Sam Stalker Pod. There you can get the latest news, information about the show, what we're gonna be doing here over the course of summer. And on today's episode, we're gonna focus strictly on MLS, give you our thoughts. And question of the day, guys. How interested have we been in MLS 2019? Listeners, make sure you you know, if you feel free to answer that question to send us your thoughts or comments at Unc Soccer Pod. And Jake. It's been an hectic April for us. We haven't recorded much, but let's just talk about it. You had the Premier League, title race, insane. Champions League, comebacks left and right. You have the NHL playoffs. You have the NBA playoffs. You have all this stuff going on. How interested have you been in MLS 2019?
2: I'm going to be honest with you, Chief. I haven't been very interested at all to be, to be honest there. I mean, like you said, NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs, major league baseball starting back up.
0: Uh, we had the masters at
2: one point. Yeah. You can't forget about that. Tiger,
0: Tiger came back. I mean, every weekend there was something that was just a little more important or just a little more newsworthy than what happened in, in MLS that weekend.
2: Right. And, we can we can talk about this later in the show if you want to, but there aren't that many teams worth watching in this league right now either.
0: Oh. Interesting. Armand, what about you? Obviously you cover FC Dallas, but let's take that journalist objectivity out of you and just from a fan perspective, let's take your bias towards FC Dallas away. If you are a neutral, do you think MLS has been captivating so far in twenty nineteen?
1: For lack of a better word, no. I'm um, watching a lot of the games, watching you know, a lot of games on the back burner whenever I can. I mean, to be honest, I try to watch as much MLS as, as possible throughout the weeks. But, uh, I mean, some of the games just aren't captivating. And I think that's a good word, captivating. Because it's not necessarily the, the style of play that really captivates me as a whole. But a lot of times you see a game and atmosphere is lacking. It's kind of boring. Kind of soft. Nothing really going on. You can hear players yell on the field, et cetera. And it's just like, yo, like I'm I'm trying to watch it. I'm trying really hard. But I mean some games I just turn off halfway through. I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. I don't, I don't wanna I don't wanna watch anymore. I I can torture myself later. So um it's it's been tough. It's been a little tougher this year. I don't know why specifically this year, but it's been a little That's,
0: tougher. Yeah, I, I feel like the last several years there's been excitement. And I'm beginning to wonder, now listeners, make sure you chime in. We'd love to hear your your thoughts on this. Jake thinks there's not enough teams worth watching. Armand, do you pinpoint a specific reason why you think MLS has not been captivating enough? I just don't think the quality of play is good enough. Quality of for play. My, for
1: a better I I think I don't think there's I think there's very few teams that attempt and want to play entertaining football. As you see as you see L E F C great, fun team to watch. They play great, entertaining football, but all these, you know, spending caps and all that stuff, you you're kind of hampering the potential of a team that you know wants to play. And if they do want to play, can they play? I just think the the quality has taken a little bit dip this year, especially when you lose Almiron, um, Tyler Adams, Alfonso Davies. I mean, this is a product of being a league that sells Ta-ta the stars. Tata Martino. Tata Martino. When you sell your stars and export your players. It's a product of it. Your, your quality of play is going to go down at some point. It's not going to go up, 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 up. You're going to have a dip. And I think this year we're starting to see a little bit of that dip.
0: So there you got two very valid arguments. Quality of play, not enough interesting teams. Those things overlap. Here's my big theory. It's become predictable. How often do we talk about, say, an expansion franchise entering the league, a big superstar coming? It seems every year we're doing the same motions over and over and over and guess what guys MLS is only more expa- is only going to expand more and we got Nashville Miami and then the two others it's for the next 7 to 10 years we'll be talking April, May 12th when we're recording about the expansion franchise what players the rumors it's every year it's the same thing oh how's the new team doing on the block MLS 1.0 versus the newest I mean, it's become predictable. No,
2: Steven, you're right. It is. And that's because parity. And I know there's a lot of people who think, oh, it's it's really great that, you know, little old Columbus crew has a chance to win the title every year.
0: <laughs> Here we go. Why is it always Columbus with this show? I,
2: okay, fine. Or little old Real Salt Lake we will do another small market team. You know, that's, that's all fine and dandy. But like Armand said, with these uh, spending limitations, teams aren't able to kind of put their own stamp on on the team they want because they're, they're limited in how much they can spend. If a team wants to be a team that's on the front foot constantly and is high flying, attacking football, beautiful football, they have to they, they really have to get every move, move right to to be that uh, or, or to build that roster. And with the types of type of money that this league allows its clubs to spend, you you. might get a club or two that can do that, but that's about it. We have to we have to loosen the reins on what teams can spend in this league. Otherwise, you're going to have a bunch of crappy teams that are boring to watch, like Vancouver or like Orlando City or now. I mean, Atlanta United's boring to watch. Who wants to watch Atlanta United? And then, granted, that's because of the the manager, but. There's just so many teams in this league that I don't find are, are worth a damn to watch. Sure, yeah. Wayne Rooney's cool. You get to watch Wayne Rooney. <laughs> like I went I, I saw I saw DC United play a couple weeks ago in Minnesota. There was nothing about and maybe this was more so what Minnesota did, but I I watched it and I'm like, this team isn't that fun to watch. Like what I mean, Olsen what Ball is, has never been that fun to watch. I mean, I, I mean it's a pretty valid point. But that but that's like but you can't just like Steven's saying, you can't rely on expansion teams to come in this league because expansion teams have this surplus of money from the jump, so they can spend on all these players, and it can be fun and exciting, you know, for the first season. Unless or two. you're FC Cincinnati or FC Cincinnati or Minnesota United, you can't just rely on that to just keep things interesting in your league for you know two three years, and then the next wave of expansion comes through, and you know now we're gonna wait and see what David Beckham does with Miami, and that'll be fun and great for three oh, years, just, and then
0: just wait for Messi to come in at thirty eight or Ronaldo yeah, I mean, if, if he ever wants the... to. Parity is.
2: Is, is is what is hindering this league? I don't care if Real Salt Lake has a chance to win the title or not. I don't I don't give a rat's ass. <laughs> Nobody should care. <laughs> uh, I just care if they play. I just care if they play fun
1: attacking or not even attacking. Just good, sound soccer.
2: I mean, for, for like let's whatever. be real. Let's be real. Let's be real here. Is if let's take the Premier League, okay? Let's say, uh, let's see, if the Premier League was full of a bunch of teams that were like burnley and then you had a team that was okay well somewhat good let's just say wolverhampton would that be fun would that be fun to have a bunch of burnleys and then a wolverhampton as like the (laughs) the crown jewel of the league that is that a fun league to watch well because well burnley has a chance to win because they're playing 22 or 23 other burnleys so that's fun right that's fun for everybody no it's not it's bad i'm gonna
0: push back wait wait i think here's the problem we're talking about a bunch of teams that are really crappy. But if you were to take, say, the talent pool that's in the Champions League and distribute it across MLS, then you want parity. Then you'd be like, ooh, superstars left and right. Yeah, I think the Champions League gets a lot of crap, and I've crapped on it for the dominance of Spanish teams winning it year in and in, year out or having so much success that they're in the semifinals. But the fact that the Champions League does have somewhat of a little bit of a turnover, quote-unquote, parity, there's enough... There to say, Ooh, Ajax, Tottenham, Monaco. So if if everybody in the league was as good as LAFC, and according to our very own Jake Watroba, it's the only team worth watching in the league. And he goes even further as saying he, that it's the only team that could compete in the championship. Never mind the Premier League, Jake. That's you said you've watched a lot of crappy soccer in MLS. It seems like
2: there. So I watched yesterday. Yesterday being Saturday morning, I watched Leeds and Derby or Derby, whatever. Derby, Derby. Sorry, I'm not British. Play leg one of the championship promotion playoff. It's so apparent to me just watching that one game how much more talented the teams that are slotted seven, six, five, four, or no six, five, four, three in the championship how much better they are than damn near every single team in mls i'm not even sure if lafc could compete for a promotion playoff spot in the championship but i damn know i i know for sure that a team like the new england revolution are probably on the same level as a as a mid table league two club in the efl oof oof and I, and, not, and that and that's not me pick on New England Revolution. Yeah. Let's, we, can take, we, can take, we can take a somewhat good team here. Let's let's take a let's take an okay team here. Who do you want who do you want to look at? Who do you want to talk about? Let's talk about let's talk about Seattle Sounders. That's not a championship side. Are you kidding me? You have to look at the bottom level championship side? Yeah, at all? Maybe. Maybe. But I bet I bet they're probably on the same same level as one of your upper echelon League One side. So yeah, I guess I guess yeah, you could say the bottom part of the championship. But like there, there aren't good teams in MLS like this is if you want to watch comparable football to MLS put on League one and watch and it, it is it looks identical but there's a lot of crap clubs in this league
0: one I, I think there's here's another difference when you're watching the championship you have fan engagement the the stadiums at least in important clubs the top clubs that are competing where you have clubs one through eight nine that are w- competing and in- for promotion for the championship. The fans are engaged. But Armand, you know more than anybody on this podcast that fans are just disengaged with their clubs. It, it is a small minority, of this, apart from LAFC, but fans don't show up the games. The atmosphere sucks. You can hear the players scream on the field. Part of soccer, and a big chunk of it, where the fans, the fans had a big impact. Anfield was rocking. Talk about fans having an impact on the game. Liverpool, Barcelona, how they overturned that aggregate. The Reds going to the Champions League final. But where in MLS can you say the fans have actually contributed to the team success?
1: I mean, you can say there there, there are, but I mean, it's all the more recent expansion teams, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you could obviously go Seattle, Portland, Atlanta, LAFC. I mean, we could we could go down a, a little bit of a list. But um, the problem is, is, like what I saw uh, this past weekend in Dallas, I just saw <laughs> – I saw, to be honest with you, just quite a, a disappointing showing from uh, – you know, just people don't care, <laughs> for, for lack why, of a better word. Why should they care, though? Because the team doesn't yeah, care. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. Why – if a team isn't making an effort to be in that market and, you know, make a move and say, hey, look, like we're here, like market, all that stuff. What's the – exactly. What's the point? They even brought Dirk, arguably the greatest DFW – not arguably, the, the greatest DFW sports legend out there. And guess what? It was the low – I think it was the lowest uh, – you have to fact check to me on this. It's the lowest attended game all year. Like How? What? Oh, is it because it was rating? The rain they didn't rain at all throughout the game. It, it's disappointing and we're starting to see MLS address that. I mean, especially with the Chicago fire move. That you know they're about to be out of Bridgeview and go back to Soldier Field. <laughs> These have to be addressed before MLS can grow. You gotta take care of the you gotta take care of the old guys before you can grow. It was a social security or something, I don't know. <laughs>
0: I like it. Uh, listeners at Oxan Soccer Pod, we talked about quality of play, teams worth watching, the predictability, Jake's parody comment. But, Armand, you've been bringing this topic for the last couple of weeks as we haven't been recording, but it's just been the coaching and the coaching turnaround in MLS.
1: I mean, we saw uh, three coaches fired in eight days. <laughs> I mean, the Rapids fired Anthony Hudson after his win, loss, draws. He went 8 26 and 9. Uh, they replaced him with Connor Casey, who's uh, followed up with two straight losses. <laughs> um, FC Cincinnati That's great. Uh, fired uh, Alan Koch after 11 games. And he went 2 7 and 2. And he was replaced by Johan Domet, who's a 29 year old and who many have characterized him as a. The guy who was actually coaching the team, relative to Alan Koch, uh, you know, he just defeated Montreal two on his debut, and then the on Wait, wait, wait! Finally-
0: time out! Time out! Time out! So they fired the coach. FC Cincinnati fired the coach and replaced him with the coach who was, or enacting the coach when the coach was there. So they basically got the same guy, just just with a different voice and a yeah, different just, title. Yeah,
1: just just, just, with, just with the title. What's uh, the point of that? Well, no, no, but Alan Koch was the guy, if that makes any sense. Like, he was making the on the pitch during the games. He was the main guy. Dom has a different ideology, a different style. We saw that in their game against Montreal. The the common thing between all three of these guys, and the last one, which is Brad Friedel finally getting fired after going 12, 21, and 13, is that all these guys have thrown their players underneath the bus and said, yeah, we're competing with trash players, basically. Obviously not word for word. Anthony Hudson came out and said, yeah, we're we're, we're complete with bottom-level players for the bottom of the league. Alan Koch said, yeah, we need better players. Um, And Brad Friedel said, that Not, players no in MLS face, no pressure. Yeah, we, we talked about that. MLS coaches are having some pressure. I mean, damn, this is what? Match week 11, 10, and there's three coaches already sacked? I, there's a, there's a, it's a, The quality of play needs to increase, but these guys are just terrible hires. And they're hires by teams and they're kind of just lazy. Colorado, Stan Kroenke, does he care about the Rapids? Bob Kraft, Jonathan Kraft, I know you you, you love them, Steven, and you'd like, you know, you give them a (laughs) lot, but do they care about the revolution to where they kept this guy, Brad Friedel, after all he's said and done? And for Cincinnati and Alan Koch, a guy who's been underachieving, just a lazy hire. And Look, I'll, I'll I'll put this down on the little bet thing or the prediction sheet that we have. It's gonna be the same thing with Gary Smith, in Nashville. Gary Smith, he won 20, 2010 MLS Cup with Colorado Rapids. He plays very 1.0 MLS soccer. They're gonna they're gonna sack him because he's not he's not gonna be ambitious enough, and he's not gonna be playing good. And he's underachieving with the Nashville team in the USL. Like, come on, man! All these guys getting fired. Guys, do you think there's maybe a little bit of pressure on coaches?
0: I mean, unlike what Brad Frito's thing, there's no pressure in MLS. No, there's absolutely pressure on coaches, but let, let's be honest here. The players are not the best on these teams. Can, can, we, can we at least admit that? Now, throwing players on the bus is stupid. It's the quickest way to get out of town.
2: It, here's my thing. I think FC Cincinnati is the outlier here. More specifically, Alan Koch. Anthony Hudson and Brad Friedel, those two teams were awful. Do either one of you think the Colorado Rapids or the New England Revolution, after, after firing their managers, have any chance of being a respectable club in MLS this season? I had the, I had the
1: Rapids labeled as interesting because of the offseason acquisitions. And I think they're an interesting spot for a coach to potentially go into. But no, they, I don't think at all.
2: I don't, I don't think so. I, don't, I think they're going to be pretty bad for the rest of the year. Look, man, here's here's the thing. Firing Anthony Hudson and firing Brad Friedel was the lazy solution for these ownership groups. The, sorry, the lazy solution to their problems. The problem with Colorado Rapids and the problem with the New England Revolution are the ownership groups. They, that's it. That's it. Both these teams suck. They don't have good players. They, they don't have inequality on these two sides is there pressure for mls coaches <laughs> uh yeah i guess probably this was just a lazy solution to an overarching problem with these two clubs which is their ownership suck and they don't know when they hear we don't have good enough players to compete with an mls and when they hear these players aren't good enough they, they, they're not in the pressure cooker of uh like like a relegation b- battle that brad Friedel suggested what did Bob Kraft and what do Stan Kroenke do to solve that? Well, I'm going to find somebody who can take these crap players, take these cheap players, these players that we found at the bottom of the barrel in the in the bargain bin at your local Walmart. I'm going to see if I can find somebody who can who can make them better because because no, you know God knows I'm not going to spend money on this team to make them better. That's just my two cents. Do you think that's a problem, Jake? Uh, like that MLS is like you know how MLS has like no part
1: of that problem with. Their originals kind of struggling and all that. You think part uh, another part
2: of it, like I guess hand in hand with that, is also the ownerships as well. I think that there they, are. I think there are. A, they're holding back the Well, I think uh, these two clubs, Colorado Rapids and New England Revolution, are holding back the league. I think FC Dallas is holding back the league. I think Chicago Fire is holding back the league. While I think holding the back the take... league
0: from what, Jake? It's not. They're tearing uh, the at, at England... Atlanta for doing what they want to do. And players the are New not going to markets... go to these crappy teams.
2: We, I mean, Stephen, we get it. You jump in front of a bus for Bob Kraft. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking there's about There's no Bob reason Kraft. why this team – this team's – this New England Revolution team should be good constantly. They're in a they're in the Boston market. They should have no problems being a competitive team. Dallas should have no problems attracting. Jake,
0: Jake but that's star not my Dallas argument. I don't. Do it. How are they holding back the league? How are they? If somehow but these are prominent,
2: these are prominent markets that should be competitive on a consistent basis. Okay, Boston, you're completely, right. Boston you're completely right. Boston, completely right. in attendance. Both, all three of these teams. Who, the, Chicago? New England, Dallas, and Chicago. Dallas, too, and New England. They all struggle in attendance.
0: Well, yeah. No, absolutely. You're not wrong. They're holding back the league. There's no there's no reason that— But I don't—I ge- genuinely don't think people are looking overseas and like, ooh, what, what are the New England Revolution? No, they're not going to care. It's the same thing the with problem. us with the championship. We look at the top ten in the league, and that's it. When people pay attention to L.A. The Atlantas, Seattles, Torontos, the the names. New England doesn't have a name. Chicago, eh, maybe, just because it's a huge city. Well, New England isn't a city. It's a, it's a region in the country. Yeah, but how many people outside of America understand that?
2: I think that can be explained to people that this represents a region, and you're more specifically going to be close to the Boston market.
0: You're you're not wrong. Not the Boston like- market is a good soccer market. I it's I'm on board like- with you. Robert Kraft has uh, and Jonathan Kraft have screwed over the Revolution. No no doubt. I'm not I'm not going to sit here and tell you they they they're some great super owners, but they are very important to the league, and there's a certain reason why the league protects them.
1: I'm sick and tired of the excuse that they're important. I get it. I get it. Armand, soccer writers
0: will not criticize them. Why? They have been, though. Yeah, but it's under the radar.
2: Dan Stasekull just wrote an article for The Athletic uh, earlier this week outlining how the crafts are the reason the New England Revolution are so bad this year, not Brad Friedel. And he did that with Colorado like a week before.
1: Just unloading. Like, people do criticize Yeah, but guys. here's the
0: thing. Guys, guys, here's the thing. Outside of those fan bases, maybe a couple of MLS fanboys, quite frankly, a lot of people just don't care. People in New England, what do they want? Make sure the Patriots are good. NFL fans do not care What's about... What's the problem? But you yeah, no, but this is a countrywide issue. that There's not enough pressure on front offices to... I mean, for God's sakes, I don't know what happened in L.A. at Staples Centers, but there was a protest with the, the, the Lakers organization... You two can Let's fill not- me in on what the hell happened there, but I saw the headline. When's the last time they said, "You know what, MLS, we're gonna boycott until we see change"? No one go to a game. You have to directly. Well, there has been a
1: boycott. No one goes to the games.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no one goes to the games. Yeah, but J- Armand, here's things: expansion is just—they're still making somehow. They're okay with that. The front offices are okay with that. Dallas, they're okay with it. Same with Colorado. New England. These three clubs. The front offices are okay with no one going to the game. It does not bother them one single bit. And unless the fans that go there regularly realize that, then they should just boycott. Have a. I promise you, what it would do to the league if there was a game and not a single fan showed up. That would get world attention, worldwide attention. Mm-hmm. Have you seen a Chicago Fire game recently?
2: Have you seen a couple of Revs games recently?
0: Well, the Rebs games this past weekend was more full than you think.
2: Uh, you just
1: knew it had, 8,000 announced. That was terrible.
0: I mean, it, this is all correlating to the fact that MLS on TV is just not growing. And we're, we're citing World Soccer Talk. Yes, they have their bias. But headline from Christopher Harris, MLS fails to close TV ratings gap with the Premier League and Liga MX. Now, quote, as the popularity of League MX and the Premier League continue to grow in the United States, based on the way both leagues monopolize the most watched games on U.S. TV each week, MLS is getting left behind. At World Soccer Talk, we analyzed all the TV ratings data from 2018 to see how the three most popular soccer leagues performed. We went ahead and made it a direct comparison, including... Only including the TV viewing numbers for the length of the MLS season to see how they did head-to-head. And, guys, I mean, Premier League, since 2016, has grown 69%. Nice. League MX, 46%, another very good number. MLS, guess what they're sitting at? 20%. Two. Eight. Eight flipping percent. Tell me... And and we're going to close on the show like this. Armand, tell me why anybody would be interested in spending $150 million, $200 million on a, an expansion fee and then have to build a $200 million plus stadium. You're investing half a billion dollars pretty much from the get-go into a league that's grown 8% on TV viewing since 2016 while the Premier League and League of MX Don't is ask surging. not Don't ask me. Don't ask me. No, but seriously, what is would. the logic? Tell me why an ownership sits there, guys. I'm gonna lead a team to the ML. I mean, could you imagine if this was some sort of I don't know auto dealership? If this was Ferrari, Lamborghini, and the other one was like Yugo's, whatever brand that is, and you're like, yeah, let's invest in that one that grows eight percent in the course over me. the course of two years.
2: Let me let me try to answer this then for you. The most logical way I can. The only way that would make sense in my mind why they would invest in it. Yes, it has been only 8% in the last two years. But if you were an owner and you look around and you say, the Premier League's growing. League MX is growing. Soccer in, in general in this country is growing. NLS will eventually have a larger slice of that pie you know, in five, right or 10 years, five or ten years on the road here. So I'm going to invest now while it's still uh, relatively cheap compared to buying an NBA franchise or an NFL franchise, buy in now, and I'll reap the benefits of that 10 years down the road. Jake, we've been saying that for
0: 15 flipping years. It's the next big thing. MLS is on the rise. Soccer is on the rise. Yeah, okay, we get it.
2: Playing the long game.
0: Yeah, playing the long game. And it's a very, very long game. Anyway, listeners, we're back. A little spicy, Back. spicy show. Back. A little bit rusty there. At Armancafi, get the latest FC Dallas coverage. At Armancafi, at Jake Wadroba with the hot takes. Follows your truly at Stephen Jodran, and for the show account at Sam Soccer Pod, we want to hear your thoughts. Remember, question of the day: How interested have you been in MLS 2019, and give us a reason why or why not until tomorrow. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCOA. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute, but then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade, never stop arriving.